morning I'd like to present something that is very, I think, important to God's people at the end of time, and that is how can we objectively determine that we really are at the end of time? We have quite a series that our ministry has produced on this one issue, and today I'd like to deal with one of those concepts of why we're near Christ's coming, speaking through the issue of the millennial week of time. I think we have a, a short, perhaps. My PowerPoint are actually my notes, and I want to project those notes so you can follow along, and I will ad-lib as we go along here. Maybe we need some professional help to get the screen. It was working a little bit this morning. Ah, there we go. Could we turn perhaps the lights out at least in the front here, if that's possible, to make it just a little darker? There we go. You could have the one in the back if you wanted to. Well, the millennial week of time or the great week of time is something that Adventists have been identifying with for some for a while. And I'd like to address some of the issues and actually go deeper to try to determine how close we might be to the end of that 6,000-year period. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. It must have been exciting for God when the final phase of creation came and God said, let us make man in our image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them. Then something very special occurred. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. To a tangible creation, God ended, added excuse me, the intangible concept of time. Then a spiritual seventh, which completed the weekly cycle. That week was based on a divinely decreed period of seven days that God established. The months and the years were later periods of time based on the celestial movements of the earth and the moon. The record had noted, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. But the week was God's special timepiece related only to the number of seven. The creation week has a beginning and an ending. God later expanded the use of that number seven to represent a template for many other clocks. He announced measurements tied to seven weeks, 
seven months, seven years, and even 70 times seven. They were all defined periods or special appointed times with God as their designer. The creation week is therefore a pattern for all the time related to sevens. Each period has a defined beginning and an ending with the seventh always being important or even sacred. God ordained seven days for the sanctification of the altar, as an example. Seven days for the sanctification of the priest. The sanctifying blood of the sacrifice was sprinkled seven times. He ordained every seventh year as a sabbatical year when the land was to lie fallow. Every seventh sabbatical years was a sacred jubilee year. The seven feasts of the Lord were to be celebrated over a seven months, a sacred year according to the Bible. On the seventh is restoration, deliverance, a return back to the original, if you please. Revelation 20 describes a millennium of restoration and deliverance to some, Satan bound, no longer able to influence Earth's inhabitants, mankind delivered, reigns with Christ. Whenever there is a timing prophecy portraying restoration or deliverance, one question that there might be raised, might there be a preceding six? Per Revelation 20, might there be a preceding six millenniums? In its full expression, the Holy Spirit is a seven. In the book of Revelation, chapters 1, verses 4 through 6, the heavenly trinity, or Godhead, is giving greetings to all of God's people. Referring to the Holy Spirit, it says, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God. And that is repeated later in Revelation. Intriguingly, in Revelation, the number seven is mentioned 54 times. In chapter 20, a millennium is mentioned three times. And again, might that be the seventh millennium from creation? Another way God pictures the finality of this seven is through typological or symbolic narrative. In fact, much of prophecy is tied to such special illustrations. In this context, there is something important to observe. Our relationship with God determines how clearly we discern such narratives. But the natural man, as an example, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. How close we are personally to Christ relates to how deep we penetrate some of these truths. And here's one very fascinating illustration related to sevens. But I tell you of truth, there will be some standing here which shall not taste of death, excuse me, death, till they see the kingdom of God, Luke 9, 27. Most will quickly assume this refers to the transfiguration, and that is true. But there's much more to this, perhaps, than simply that story. 
What did Jesus mean some there would see the actual onset of the kingdom of God? First, the prophecy. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brothers, and bringeth them up into the high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. What does it mean after six days? After seven, he came. This is a prophecy regarding not only his kingdom, but of the millennial end. And there are quite a few of these in the Bible. At the seventh, he comes. We will see that the plan of redemption occurs over a divine period of six millennia. That end in a seventh, which completes a week of time. The millennial week of time is something we now want to explore more deeply. Many Bible expositors believe, along with this ministry, that's Prophecy Research Initiative, which is our ministry, that Jesus will come 6,000 years from Adam and Eve's fall. At the onset of the 7,000th year, man is taken to the mansion, as Jesus said he was going to prepare. So we have a graph. Man's fall, six millenniums, Jesus comes, and then the seventh millennium will be in heaven. Collectively, this period is again called the millennial week of time, the great week of time, or several names that scholars use. We will show that this is where we are in this 7,000-year period at the end of this 6,000 years. The first specific time prophecy came in Genesis. His days will be 120 years, a time prophecy with a defined end. Abraham was called out of Ur of Chaldees. In faith he left. He then went through Canaan to Egypt and then back to Canaan once again. Pardon? Okay, then the second time, second time prophecy, in covenant promise, God says, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. A time prophecy with a defined end. Now looking at the final time prophecy, it is that millennial period that has a very defined redemptive end. They shall reign with Christ a thousand years. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed and the devil was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and death and hell were cast also into that lake of fire. What happens after that millennial end? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. A looming question. Can we show there is a 6,000-year period that precedes that Revelation 20 millennium? It is stunning and faith-affirming to see what information God has really given to us. Another question, how close can we get to the onset of that 6,000-year period 
surprisingly very close. We're going to find that there are clues that warn us that the end of the sixth millennium is pending and that Jesus is coming soon. Let's see now what we can discover. Daniel received a millennial vision 3,426 years from creation. Now, we're going to look at those periods shortly, why I, I said that. This prophecy is recorded in Daniel 8.14. Those 2,300 atonement years would begin from a decree of restoration, Daniel 9.25, and specifically recorded in Ezra 7. That would not occur for another 100 years from Daniel's time. 3,426 plus 100, and I'll be giving a few figures, I hope, as a faith-affirming exercise, is 3,526 years from creation. That decree was given in 458 to 457 B.C. 2,577 years ago, calculated in this year. That means if we add those figures together, 6,300 years for the age of the earth since creation. We're not trying to be exact. We're trying to just answer a very simple question here this morning. Are we getting close based upon the information we have? This is from creation and not Adam and Eve's fall. How long were they in the Garden of Eden? We aren't sure but many scholars believe a very short time, and that's another topic in itself. If the end comes at the termination of the 6,000 years from that fall, and it does, we must be exceedingly close. God repeatedly uses this timing module in redemptive prophecy. Creation week, seventh day holy, recalling God's creative power and in his presence. The redemptive time of seven millenniums, the seventh millennium is holy, observing God's recreative power, and we are at that time in his presence. Now a warning. Because so few people of God's people expect the arrival of Jesus at his first advent, Expositor White made this profound observation. How it, that's the story of the leaders in Christ's day, warn us to beware, lest by our criminal indifference, it's amazing the terminology she's using, we also, at the end of time, fail to discern the signs of the times and therefore know not the day of our visitation. It is unto them that look for him that Christ is to appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Let's now note how history identifies with this millennial week of time. Again, that diagram, the whole period of six plus one is that millennial week. What did the ancient religious scholars think about this period? Just for interest's sake here this morning, Jewish history, the verse, a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday, Psalms 94, and I'm quoting, 
have suggested the idea that the present world of Torah is to be followed by a sabbatical millennium, the world to come. Epistle of Barnabas, which is around 150 AD. Consider, my children, what signify the words to finish them in six days. They mean this, that in 6,000 years, the Lord will make an end of all things. Irenaeus, one of the church fathers, for as many days as this world was made in so many thousand years shall it be concluded. This is an account of the things formerly created, as also it is a prophecy of what is to come. They will come to an end at the 6,000 year, end quotes. So the idea of a millennial week of time goes back almost to the time of Christ, actually before. We now question, is written history of this world detailed enough to suggest or even conclude the 6,000-year age as suggested by these men? Besides Daniel, is the biblical record thorough enough to reveal a similar period? Finally, are there scientific clues that might validate the biblical age on the earth? God's great week of time urges us to find every clue possible to affirm this millennial biblical precept. It is actually possible that we might just be right at the very end of time. Let's now explore what is known about the ages of the past in the Bible. It will be important evidence to Advent believers that a terminus ad quem of time is about to occur. Many genealogies in the Bible are important because they contain time records. The period between Adam and the flood, let's look at that. To the ancient Greek Septuagint, though the, great, the ancient Greek Septuagint has a vastly different age list than the Hebrew Masoretic text, we rely on the latter as do most English translations. In those records, it notes that Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. This may seem too old for that colossal boat ride, but God is precise. This is an important reference to our age study. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day for all the fountains of the earth, broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Did you note all the numbers? Not only is Noah's age given, but the month and the specific day when that deluge began. This would coincide with our April and May period. For an event that occurred over 4,000 years ago, we have stunning calendar details. These are the lists of those ancient patriarchs before the flood. And from this list in Genesis 1, 5, and 7, we can determine that the flood came 1,656 years from creation. Creation occurred during that period of time before the flood. We still don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden before the fall, which begins that 6,000-year clock. But again, we know in many ways, that it was very short. Let's now analyze more details. 
I'm going to go through a few details this morning rapidly, but just to give you a little basis of how we can think through these things. Number one, two years after the flood, Shem, one of Noah's sons, had Arphax. 1,658 years after creation, Abraham was born to Sarah. 350 years later, when he was 130, 2,008 years after creation. You see all these details that God has given to us? From verses 10 through 32, time genealogies cover nine generations from Shem's son to the death of Terah, Abraham's father. The earth was 2,083 years old when Abraham's father, Terah, died. That was the year Abraham first received the covenant promise of God, and that's an important verse in Genesis 12. Abraham was 75 years old when he received those promises. The year 2083 from creation. A couple more thoughts. Galatians 3 reveals the law was given at Sinai 430 years after Abraham received those promises. 2083 plus that 430 is year 2513 after creation to the Sinai experience. And finally, 1 Kings 6, 1 is an interesting verse. It brings us right up to the fourth year of Solomon's reign when the temple building had been started. This verse notes that the year was 480 years from the Exodus, the apparent year the law was given at Sinai. We're pretty sure of that. So as we add these things up, we can find we're now talking about 2,993 years from creation in Solomon's fourth year. And so the third year, correction, the first year would be down at the third part there. 2,989 would then be his first regular year. That means when he's fully a king year. Can we discover historically when Solomon began to reign? Ancient records help us to come close. Most ancient historians suggest between 1007 and 97 BC. This is a scholarly range of 37 years. 971 is a year accepted by many archaeologists from the work of the late Edwin R. Keeley, and he was there when I was at Emmanuel Missionary College, a giant mind. 986 BC has been more recently presented from the work of John. Astronomer Pratt, I'm going to use the 986 for illustration purposes. This is now what we have discovered by all these little texts. The bottom part of the line, we see the times from creation, and the top part of the line, we finally come to Solomon's first year, which would be 986 B.C. This can give us a wonderful clue as to the age of the earth. 2,989 years from creation, Solomon's first year, 986 years before Christ's era, 3,975 is the total, and then we add to where we are today. From the calculations of the Bible and these records that we have, this would suggest that we are 5,994 years from creation. We're not attempting again to develop an exact date when Christ comes. 
But our objective here this morning is to address a very important issue. Are we objectively near Christ's coming? And the answer, as you will see over and over again, is yes, we are. Interesting, isn't it? Daniel analysis suggests we'd be in 6,003 years from creation. This latest, latest study suggests we are 5,994 years from creation. Might we be getting really close? I think I skipped one here. Many Bible expositors have reviewed the significance of a 6,000-year-old earth. This is a unique area of study for creationists in their drive to show the theory of evolution to be incorrect. Ellen White put many of these issues into a very healthy perspective. Her statements weren't simply a carte blanche that planet Earth was 6,000 years old. They were actually placed in a very scholarly and interesting framework of understanding. Notice the expressions of her statements. And we have analyzed all of these. She has about 60 statements. About 6,000 years, more than 6,000 years, for nearly 6,000 years, for 6,000 years. At first glance, it appears that there's a lack of precision. Is it about more, nearly, or exactly 6,000 years? But as with all writings, the authors do a careful study of how a statement is made in context. That includes the Bible. Let's sequentially look at these various timing expressions and see how they actually are very consistent in her writings. Just a couple examples. Example of nearly 6,000 years. Never has the world's needed need for teaching and healing been greater than it is today. The world is full of those who need to be ministered unto, the weak, the helpless, etc. The continual transgression of man for nearly 6,000 years has brought sickness, etc. to us. Jesus hasn't come yet, but she's saying we're at nearly 6,000 years. Another one, great controversy. The great controversy between Christ and Satan has been carried forward for, what? Nearly 6,000 years. If the limits of sin are bound within a six millennia period, then creation would occur just before then. Did Ellen White note this? To this earth, angels have come with a message of redemption, and its hills and valleys have echoed their song of rejoicing. Its soil has been trodden by the feet of the Son of God. And for more than 6,000 years, in its form and beauty and gifts for sustenance, the earth has borne witness of the creator's love. She's precise in all her references regarding the 6,000 years. What about Satan, long rebellious history? More than 6,000 years of continual practice has greatly increased his skill to deceive and allure. I will skip the rest of it because of several slides there. Do you see how careful she is? She's very consistent and leaves nothing in doubt in her writings. So we have a six millennial period. We are about to be at the end of that six millenniums. Ellen White recognized that. And at the end of that six millennium, Jesus will return. 
God will bring a halt to Satan's work at that period. The great controversy between Christ and Satan that has been carried forward for nearly 6,000 years is soon to close. And then the wicked one will redouble his efforts. Now let's step into another realm to continue building our information. What does the physical world show? Does it come close to the approximate biblical data? There's much evidence to corroborate with the Old Testament accounts. The biblical date for the flood of 2345 BC is within 100 plus or minus years from many, many calculations. Let's look at some of the evidence from the natural world. Evidence from planet Earth, the Earth's rotational speed is gradually slowing down. Currently, it is 1,000 miles an hour at the equator. If the Earth were millions of years old, its speed would have been so great that it would be like a tangent. Nothing would be retained on its surface. From Earth's changing speed alone, we know there's a young Earth. Another fascinating issue comes from the magnetic fields. They are decreasing. If we would look backwards from the present trend to just 20,000 years ago, it would have been a liquefied, liquefied mass. No life would even be possible. There's more to the magnetic field issue. The sun changes its electrical fields every 11 years. Intriguing, in the next paragraph, the Earth has magnetic movements also. There's something very fascinating regarding Earth's magnetic path. Based on McFarland's alternative magnetic field theory, the evidence suggests that something dramatic occurred 4,500 years ago. This would be around the time of the flood. The clocks are right on. The Bristlecone Pine has these numbers of rings from the cores that they have drilled into them. This is the maximum number of years something could be. We know that many times trees will have two rings in one year, but it shows that we are in a very short time since the flood. Evidence from human history, early work of archaeologists, gleaning information from Egypt, Egyptian, Babylonian, and Sumerian tablets, initially set those civilizations at 3,000 years. More recently, studies reveal that was too old. They are now placing the oldest Sumerian tablets at 2,385 BC. This would reflect the people with writing skills immediately post-flood. Add that period of time to 1656 before the flood, and we get, of all things, 6,041 years. A biblically young earth also consistent with the great week of Tammuz. These fossils are located in porous and permeable rock. They are constantly leaking, speaking of earth and gas, in many areas in the ocean floor, if the age of the Earth were even 20,000 years old, the reserves would have been depleted a long time ago. Shifting of the Earth's plates have been studied as initiating these leaks. They appear to have been moving, especially since approximately 2500, 2400 BC. Interesting, a biblically young Earth around the time of the flood. Niagara Falls, 
20% of the world's fresh water flows over these falls. The friction of the water over the rock erodes the cliffs about three feet a year. This has been studied geologically quite extensively as to how long that river channel would have taken to erode from its original terminus at the Lake Ontario from 2018, 4,387 years ago, the time of the flood. Earth age from bodies of water, the Mississippi Delta, as rivers flow out to the sea, tons of sediment move further out into the ocean. The depth of the silt and the pattern of its deposits are clues as to how long the picture formed. Studies now show that the present delta deposits have accumulated for approximately 4,400 years. It all started after the flood. Thickness of the ocean sediment ranges are only a few thousand feet thicker on the ocean floor. The rate of sediment buildup has been studied extensively. The thickness is consistent with the time of Noah's flood. This is a major argument for the age of the earth in the biblical period of 6,000 years. A biblically young earth is in view and based upon the things we now know, Jesus is coming soon and time is getting short. Coral growth patterns now reveal the earth is quite young. There are no known coral formations that are older than 3,500 years. A biblically young earth in view. What have we learned about God's many wicked times? Biblically, from the age from creation, 6,003-5994, the natural world with the bristlecone pine, human history, magnetic fields, oil leakage, Niagara Falls, Mississippi sediment, and coral all suggest that the concept of the millennial week of time is highly accurate and is something we need to pay attention to, as Ellen White did. If we look at that biblical record, at this 6,000 years and assume that Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden for only three to four years before the fall, they had no children until afterwards, we could conclude that very soon now the millennial week of time is going to be coming to an end and Jesus will return. Ellen White had these thoughts that there is a day. God has a clock. There is a day that God has appointed for the closing up of this world's history. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations and then for the end come. Matthew 24, 14. Prophecy is fast fulfilling. More, much more should be said about these tremendous important subjects. The day is at hand when the destiny of every soul will be fixed forever. This day of the Lord hastens on apace. The false watchmen are raising the cry, all is well, but the day of God is rapidly approaching. Its footsteps are so muffled that it does not arouse the world from the death-like slumber into which it has fallen. The solemn fact is to be kept not only before the people of the world, but before our own churches also that the day of the Lord 
will come suddenly and unexpectedly. The fearful warning of the prophecy is addressed to every soul. Let no one feel that he is secure from the danger of being surprised. Let no one's interpretation of prophecy rob you of the conviction and the knowledge of events which show that this great event is near at hand. The end is close. Behold, Jesus says, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man may take thy crown. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Is Jesus coming soon? Do we have objective reasons to say yes? Not subjective. Objective reasons, we do. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, it is so easy because of the busyness of life to not think that the end of this world is in sight and the final decisions that we must make are right now. And I pray that you will stir each one of our hearts not to delay if we haven't made a full commitment to you that decision. So when we see your wonderful face, each one of us here will be ready to go home with him. In Jesus' name, amen.